Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, friends? It's your boy Thunder Chats here once again, coming to you with our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from pro and college basketball to UFC slash MMA and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you do use the promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I am your host, Dylan Huntzinger, at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Now that that is out of the way, I am joined by a lovely gentleman in the Pacific Standard Time Zone. Uh, he's joining us earlier than usual. This is groundbreaking stuff. It's another Dylan pod, the man that um shares his apple plus login with me and i share my disney plus login with him <laughs> steven dole <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work man how do you think um our friends over at bed ig feel about you saying we have to get them out of the way every time hmm you know i never thought of it and for that i apologize <laughs> betonline.ag um it's not that we have to get it out of the way it's just like you know, we're the show. You're the sponsor. Like, we, we appreciate you, but, like, we got to get the sponsor out of the way so we can get to the show. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like it's not a slight. Uh, I don't know. I feel like if somebody said that to me at the beginning of a meeting or something, I'm like, this is Steven. Now that he's out of the way, on to the meeting. I'd be like, I guess I should leave. <laughs> We have to, especially if I was paying, especially if I was paying for the meeting. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess I'm gonna have to reevaluate my intro, but yeah, we're on early tonight because daylight savings time is tomorrow is tonight. Oh my gosh. Do we lose or gain an hour? It's the bad one. Oh God. I'm already tired. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) You didn't know about that. I but, thought we were done with daylight savings. What happened to that? I think this is the last one. Oh, apparently. and it has to be a bad one. We have to go. This out is a bad making one? it. This is where they make it permanent. We're going to do it, and then this is going to be it permanently. Interesting. Okay. So, I'm surprised you didn't know, because like we as as parents ourselves, in order to like keep bedtimes intact and not have a crappy day tomorrow, what we've done is we've been moving bedtime up 10 minutes mm-hmm. every day for the last six days and the rest of the schedule too so lunches naps everything moving it up 10 minutes so our kids went to bed an hour early tonight 
And so they're going to wake up tomorrow at the normal time after losing an hour of sleep. So you're just we're, you're just smart, man. We're very proud of this situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, my we kid, executed it perfectly. So we've yeah. been waking them up ten minutes early every morning, and then nobody even noticed. They're not going to even know anything happened. That's amazing. That's it that's proprietary right there. See, my kids usually when they go to bed, they'll they'll just watch videos until they fall asleep. My my oldest mm-hmm. one, he'll go to sleep after like one video. The other one. He might stay up after like five, six, seven videos, might still be awake, but they're grounded right now. So they've been going to bed very early. So hopefully we aren't affected by daylight savings in that facet. Yeah. Nice. What are they grounded for? Uh, dude, they're so freaking sassy and they're so whiny. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like you know, we we have a little like there's a grace period. Like there's so much that we can take. Like okay, they're kids, but like it's every day, everything, everywhere we go. It's like nah, dude, we've got to kick this habit, and the only way to do it is to take away their TV and <laughs> hit them where it hurts, and it's it's hurting them right now. Yeah. <laughs> well. The only, the only thing they can watch on TV is what Nova watches. So they're watching a lot of Super Monsters and uh, Big City Greens. So, Yeah, well, man, I don't know if you you're, – you're younger than me by a little bit. Did ever – whenever I was in, like, junior high and, like, high school and we would have a game or whatever on Sunday or even just, like, for school on Monday on – on Friday, all the coaches and teachers would be telling us, like, make sure to set your clocks forward an hour, make sure to set your clocks forward an hour. But still, on Monday or whenever the next thing happened, if we had something on Sunday, somebody, some kid would show up an hour late. Oh, like, yeah. Every time. Yeah. Well, like, when I used to be a kid's pastor at church, like, mm-hmm. all of our workers would be like teenagers. And, mm. like, I, I, I treated the workers as if they were adults. And that was probably my mistake. I probably (laughs) should have texted them and been like, Hey, remember daylight savings time, but it never fails. Like you said, like one or two would just show either show up an hour late text. You'd be like, crap, I'm running late or just not show up at all. Well, it's not really a problem anymore because now everybody's clocks on their phones just Mm -hmm. set themselves for an hour. And then everybody, if somebody did forget about it, like, I guess this was about to happen to you until we talked, which is you just wake up the next morning feeling a little sleepier than you expected. Yeah. And be like, what happened? Why am I so sleepy still? This is awful. And be like, oh, it was daylight savings. But you'd still wake up on time. Yeah. Well, like, between, like, there was, like, probably a good four or five-year stretch where, like, between daylight savings time, like, when it would come to daylight savings, I'd be like, does Apple automatically do daylight savings or do I have to do it? I'm like, I guess I'll find out in the morning and it did it. But, and then the next time it happened, I'd be like, does Apple automatically just every time just, just living with that stress every daylight savings time. Yeah. You gotta wake up and wake up and compare your phone to your oven. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, dude, Speaking of stressful times, the Thunder played a basketball game tonight. Yeah, that was. I think the, I think the Pelicans got confused with their clock because I think they showed up for this game about an hour late. 
Very nice. I like what you did there. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it was the Thunder at one point led by, I know they was up 20. Did they They go higher than that? I'm trying to see team stats. So they've largest no, lead. Yeah, I think I 21. 78 to 58, I think. Yeah, ESPN Something says like 21 was the largest lead for the Thunder. Okay. Well, but, I'll uh, take their word for it. <laughs> yeah, it actually got pretty close. I think at one point the Pels were within like eight, six points late in the game. Uh, but the Thunder was able to close it out and get the much-needed victory, uh, 110 to 96. And we're going to talk about the ins, outs, ups, and downs, lefts and rights of this game in a segment we like to call a single large item. Oh, okay. Well, appreciate that, man. Every time I go to freaking ESPN and their box score, they just autoplay ads. So I just heard freaking State Farm jingle in my headphones. I apologize. Anyways, single large item, Dolan. You are the guest. You, so I, as the guest, Dolan I insist that you go first. Okay. Well, if you're going to insist I go first, I'm going to go with Shea Gildas Alexander to the surprise of absolutely nobody. I mean, he, he came out guns blazing. I think he had 23 points in the first half, 8 of 11 shooting. I, he was just cooking up the Pelicans in a, a variety of ways, playing extremely efficiently. Uh, I think he had um, four steals and a block by halftime as well. Like He ended up with four steals and a block, but I think all of those were in the first half. Um, much like all of his rebounds, I'm pretty sure were in the second half because it says he has six rebounds. I know he at least had five in the second half. He had four in the third quarter, but that's besides the point. Shea was on a mission tonight. Uh, you know, I mentioned in my game day tweet that there's a budding rivalry in in the league between Shea Gildas Alexander and Herb Jones, and it just seems like those two like don't like each other. Like Shea, Herb got the upper hand the first time we played. Um, playing defense, probably fouled Shea a couple times, didn't get called, and, you know, they won the game. Uh, the last well, And time, I think the, the, L, the L2M actually said, right, that that mm-hmm. last one was a block instead of an offensive foul. Yep, absolutely. And then uh, the last time we played, I think Shea got a little bit of the upper hand and we was able to pull up the dub. And then tonight, like, he was just on a mission, man. It didn't matter who was in front of him, he was getting a bucket. And then late in the game – uh, I, would, I shouldn't say late in the game. I think it was late in the third, maybe early fourth. Shea drove to the lane and you know, took a lot of contact. And when he came down, he came down on his wrist. I didn't get a good look at it. I didn't see like what kind of angle his wrist hit. But uh, he immediately grabbed his wrist and kind of weighed on the floor, which he, do, he does lay on the floor, you know, and kind of catch his breath after he gets fouled a lot of the times. But he very noticeably grabbed his wrist and he went on to miss his like next four or five shots after that. It is important to note though, that he hit two of the most important shots of the game. I think the Pelicans were down eight. Uh, They just got a bucket. They're just trying to get a stop. Shea just calmly broke Najee Marshall off and God, I'm sorry, the freaking ad came on. Knocked down the jumper. That was a dagger in and of, in and of itself. And then the last bucket of the game, Shea um, was able to hit a crossover, split a double team, and just put the punctuation on this game, the explanation point, with a dunk, with the same hand that his wrist was hurt on. So 
Uh, you know, Shea was able to power through the injury. Obviously, he finished with 35 points, another 30-point game, and he shot 13 to 13 from the stripe, which might be the most important thing that happened. Yeah, I was going to – I saw them – they flashed his uh, free throw percentage up, and it's down to 90.6%. So I was going to come on and be like, are you getting nervous? <laughs> but then 13 for 13, that's going to bump it back up like decimal points. I'm I'm more nervous about the three-point shooting at this point. <laughs> well, right. Has. Yeah, he's not going to get there for the yeah, 40. Yeah, get that. I mean, he's – granted, he's shot so many free throws this season that 13 for 13 isn't even going to move the needle, you know, like mm-hmm. – I'm used to three-point percentages where, I mean, goodness, if 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 Isaiah Joe, like, for instance, shot 13 threes in a game and went 13 for 13 or, or shot poorly, that would really affect the percentage just because it's like, I don't know, he's probably up to, like, 200 attempts or something on yeah. the season. But Shay's like, what, 500 free throws, something like that? Uh, it wouldn't shock me. I'm going to look it up. All right. I believe you. Um, yeah, but it, like I was saying while you're looking that up, um, he, he really like was finding different ways to impact the game. He had two assists, so it wasn't a lot. But, you know, defensively, the four steals and a block in the first half. And then in the third quarter, like I said, man, like he grabbed five rebounds on the defensive end, just starting the break, um, you know, really just attacking the glass and getting the boards and, you know, like I said, starting to break, getting buckets, finding opportunities for his teammates. Um, the like it, the other thing with his wrists is, I don't know, it's like he was overcompensating for his wrist hurting because not only was he missing shots, he wasn't taking great shots. Um, yeah, he was forcing it a little bit, trying to um... – you know, just get those daggers down. I'll tell you what, though. Honestly, you said it got kind of close at the end, and that's true. It, I think it got down to, like, nine with, I want to say, like, six minutes left or something like that. I was never nervous at the end. The most nervous I ever got was at the near the end of the third quarter. They got it down to, like, 12 or 13, and it felt like they had the momentum. But at the end, when mm-hmm. they got it down to nine, it was kind of, like, too late a little bit. And we just needed like a couple buckets, and Isaiah Joe was answer had an answer one time, and then um, Giddy had that corner three. That was a big moment. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It never really felt like this game was in doubt. So I think Shea was just trying to be like, look, if we just need a couple buckets to get us over the hump, I'll just try to score a couple. Like, might as well get my stats a little bit, which is fine by me. He deserves it. Heck yeah, man. By the way, 600, he has 597 attempts. Dang. I just I didn't know Joel Embiid has crept up. He is within one free throw make of Shea right now. Wow. That's and wild. I don't know if this is updated for tonight actually. But yeah, Shea has 541 free throws made and Joel Embiid has 540 on more attempts, but he's shooting 85%. It's not like he's just not like down way out voluming him um so yeah that's interesting shay's been ahead of that stat all year so it'll be noteworthy if Embiid caught him i mean that that is crazy man you know like you said you know whenever we talked about our little 50 40 90 thing and he was like you know it's gonna be hard for somebody to jump 10 percentage points in the free yeah. throw line and 
He's done it, man. He's been crazy. Yeah. All year. I, I expected even – I mean, I, I think he was at like 95% at one point. But mm-hmm. I expected it to like really drop off at some point and him just to shoot his normal 80%, but it just really hasn't happened. He's stayed up, stayed up in the elite company all year. He's able to stay in rhythm at the free throw line because he goes so many times. Yeah. I also feel – another thing I want to say about his performance is I feel like he was having a really good time out there tonight. Mm-hmm. Lots of smiles and smirks. Um, and also he was playing pretty aggressively on defense. I mean, he had four steals, but he was pressuring the ball like out outside the three-point line, like, you know, poking at it. And he, he had that swat on CJ and was involved in like a couple other um, – contests inside so i really liked his defense tonight he was being very aggressive and it was a big game you know like it's nice mm-hmm. to see Ooh, free ad for honda why are we is doing that, a honda ad is that playing on me is that me yeah no, i'm not hearing the it. thing happened to me that you said <laughs> that's awesome you mute all these tabs Sorry, probably the audience couldn't hear that. So I was hearing a Honda ad. Ignore me. You're fine. Continue. Um, it was a big game, is what I was saying. So, yeah. like, Brandon Ingram, I guess we should mention that. Brandon Ingram was out with an ankle. JJ um, Alvarado. It was a game time decision. Jose Alvarado was out. And then, of course, Zion. Uh, but it was a big game, and the, the Pelicans never gave up. Like, they kept fighting all the way down to the wire. And. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell, like, with our defensive intensity, um, J-Dub was asked after the game about defense, and he said he thought it was one of our best defensive performances of the year um, as far as intensity and not fouling. So that's kind of noteworthy that that's how the players felt about it. So it was it was a good game. It was a good performance, and, and yeah, Shea was awesome. Yeah, and to speak to that, I mean, they only had 19 free throw attempts. So, like I said, defending without fouling. Um, trying to, yeah, CJ. CJ led the Pelicans with 26 points. And then after that, Trey Murphy and Najee Marshall each had 15. Which I got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm very sad, like, you know, especially, like, with everything happening with Trey Mann, like, I know people are like, we should have just drafted Alperin Shingo instead of trading those picks or whatever, but, like, we should have drafted Trey Murphy instead of Trey Mann. <laughs> yeah, and that was, a, that was a popular one at the time. I know I that's how I felt, but I know mm-hmm. it, it probably wasn't even an original thought on my part. Um, that was just kind of in the, in the Thunder zeitgeist, probably started from – down to dunk, maybe Mikey. I know he's a big Trey Murphy guy. Um, but it felt a lot like the OG Ananobi one, mm-hmm. right, where, like, the whole fan base wanted this player, and then he was there, and then the Thunder passed on him to take somebody who um, is having questionable success, I'll say, to, like, be kind. Yeah. Yeah, it showed flashes, and – Terrence yeah, Ferguson also showed flashes in Los but. Angeles exclusively. <laughs> yeah, hey, there was one. There was one month he was shooting almost forty percent from three, and we will ride that month to the day we die. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't given up on Trey Man or anything, but yeah, he's out of the rotation right now, which sucks. Uh-huh. Um, 
And it's not even like they are playing to win more than they had at some points previously in the year, I think. Mm-hmm. But like they're still playing Lindy Waters, who is, you know, he just came off a two way. He's one of the last players on the roster. They're still playing Usman Jang, who just is coming back from injury and is a rookie. And he's been fine, but, you know, it's not like they've really – it's not like they're bare bones on the rotation right now. There's minutes to be had for people. Yeah, for sure. And before we touch on everybody in the roster, before you get to your point, like what's your single large item for the game, Dolan? I think it's – like we've just – we've seen some – three-headed performances lately from Jalen Williams, which I guess I have to, I guess the other Jalen Williams from Arkansas has like reached a point where I actually have to come up with a nickname. I can't, I can't (laughs) just like say Jalen Williams and everybody knows who I'm talking about. We just call him boom. I don't hate that. I just came up with boom Williams. Yeah, I mean, I, he screams boom when he knocks down a three, and I mean, I kind of like it. And he, it, gets, he goes sound, boom when he takes a charge. Yeah, it's the sound that the court makes when he takes a charge. <laughs> I kind of dig that. Yeah, let's go. Let's try that. We couldn't get Santa off the ground, really. So let's try. Oh, Santa's coming back on the holiday season. You just wait. Okay, it's a seasonal nickname. Yeah, well, I, okay. I think he's played well. Like I said in the last podcast, I think he's played well enough. I, I'll. I'll give him dub. I'll call him dub after Christmas time. Dub. But, but as soon as as soon as we gear up like game one next year, preseason, he's Santa until Christmas is over. Okay. Well, anyway, so we've seen a few performances lately between Dub and <laughs> Giddy and Shay, where they've had like really good scoring performances and efficiently. And it's uh, people throw around the term big three too much right it's like it's almost like every team has a big three and every Mm -hmm. team does have their three best players but i feel like it's just really crystallizing that these three guys are a able to play together really well and be like gonna be so good in the future and you know chet's over there obligatory mention but these three guys are really like putting it together as a as a trio yeah, man. I mean, talk about efficiency. Like, no, like, imagine what would have happened if Shay didn't hurt his wrist. Like, Shay finished with 11 23, but Jalen, uh, so Dub shot 7 of 10. Dang. Giddy shot 8 of 12. Bro, if you don't shut up about cheese and crackers. Okay. Um, sorry, another ad. <laughs> it's literally like I'm clicking over the stream yard. I'm clicking over to StreamYard and I'm listening to you talk, but as soon as I go over here to ESPN to like look at stats, it like refreshes the ads. But um, you know, Getty had 19 points, seven rebounds, four assists. Dub had 17 points, four rebounds, two assists, three steals, and like some of these steals, like they're just super impressive. Like there was one where um, they were driving in and with the pass to the corner. Yeah, he was guarding the guy on yeah. the wing, and he went to pass to the corner, and he literally said, go, go, gadget, arm, and just took that ball. Yeah, you know what it looked like? It looked like uh, a cornerback undercutting, like, uh, an out route. Yeah. You know, how they just, like, it, how it's perfect whenever whenever a cornerback undercuts that out route just right to where it kind of looks like the pass was to them, and they just catch it in stride running yeah. the other way. That's what it looked like. 
that that's that's a great analogy, man. And yeah, no, they they've been they've been doing great lately. I mean, obviously, uh, Jalen Williams and Shea didn't play against the Suns, but the game before, in which you know my mind's just drawn blank, the Warriors game, uh, they were all three phenomenal as well. And you know, it Jalen, you know, <coughs> sorry, I get choked up when I think about him. <coughs> Anyways. Dub, you know, he was coming off of an injury where he injured mm-hmm. his wrist. Uh, he didn't play in the Suns game. Um, we know that Shea is sitting on the second night of back-to-backs. We do play the Spurs tomorrow night. Um, I think Jalen Williams is going to play in that game, and we need him. Like, we needed him against the Suns. I'm not saying we would have won if we had Jalen Williams, even though they didn't have Kevin Durant. But uh, I, you know, I think the team without Jalen Williams and Shea could beat the Spurs, but having Dub out there will probably help secure the Dub even more. Yeah, i I think he's I think he's going to play. I don't think they have any reason for him not to play, and you know Shea's going to be managing that injury. But um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Did you get another random ad. No, 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 just, just this one's all, all on my brain. Um, oh, I know we've talked about this last time I was on, but you look at the box score tonight, and they were all efficient. One three point attempt between the three of them. Mm-hmm. And like we've talked about, that's probably not ideal in the future. Like eventually, we want to get get those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers, but it's still just crazy to see them be efficient with that fact with them only getty hit that one three from the corner that's the only three that any of them attempted in the game yeah. that's wild man it's so unorthodox from the way the, the league is right now mm-hmm. um it's even weirder too because i'm pretty sure dub shooting like what like over 40 percent from three since the all-star break yeah well yeah look you just look at his splits every month he's gotten better um which is very encouraging to see but he still doesn't it's 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 not high volume it's like 30 40 attempts a, mo- a month yeah so so do you think the the rookie of the year train has any credence oh no i don't think i don't think he's going to be able to overcome the start that paulo had but i i think raw stats go too much into it at the end of the day for rookies because nobody expects efficiency. So J-Dub actually being efficient is going to throw a little bit of a wrench into the normal process, but I think just for most uh-huh. voters, they're just going to see Paolo at whatever he's at, 21 points a game, and just be like, that's the guy. And, you know, they've been fine. The Magic have been fine, so it's not even like it's totally empty stats. Um, maybe if the wins, maybe if we had, like, the Kings level of wins or something, then they could be like, oh, look, but he's playing winning basketball. And, and we know that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but we only have like four or five more wins than the Magic right now. So it's not like we can really use that as like the the hammer. Yeah. And I, I was longer where uh, Dub did not play against the Warriors. Uh, it was the Jazz game, which the Thunder's big three really went off. But um in, uh, it's not including tonight, but also including tonight because he didn't shoot a three. 
Uh, he's mm-hmm. shooting 50% from three since the All-Star break. Yeah. And, you know, obligatory mention of Chet earlier. If all goes to plan, he's going to be our second best player from that draft class. Yeah. And, you know, I it's it's insane how good Presti is at drafting because, you know, you're seeing what Dub can do. You think you have an idea of what Chet can do, and – I, I think that this time off for Chet, like, it sucks. Like, I would have loved to see Chet out of there on the floor, and I think he really could have helped this team, and I think that we wouldn't be, you know, scratching and clawing for a playing spot if we had Chet Holmgren. But I think this time off, like, really just hitting the weights, you know, working on your diet um, and getting shots up every day, like whenever he was out, like he was on his boot and he's on a scooter, like that was all he could do was form shooting. Like I, I really think that that's going to be beneficial to him. And not only that, but seeing like up close and personal, the speed of the game, having the coaches talk to you while you're on the bench, like, you know, pointing different things out. Like I, I really think that this year is going to be so beneficial to his career. I hope so. But yeah, also ooze, like, yeah, he didn't do anything crazy in the box score tonight in terms of scoring, but I really liked what I saw from him defensively. I think that he's, you know, starting to really understand, you know, his role defensively and how he can, you know, affect the other team with his with his link from the defensive end. He's staying in front of his man. And obviously Boom Williams just going out there, guns blazing. Two or three from three tonight. I mean, the the, the legitimate force spacing that he's been able to give us is kind of ridiculous. Um, but also the fact that the charge taking has absolutely translated to the NBA, and I I did not think that was going to be the case. Whenever you know we were talking about this guy for the draft. No, it's pretty crazy. Did he take? He took at least one today. Did he take more than that? I know he had one, but like I said, I was kind of in and out on being able to watch it. But, yeah, he had one for sure. Well, last I checked, he was one charge, and this was like a couple days ago, so I think it's current. Last I checked, he he was one charge behind Kenrich Williams for the NBA League lead. And I, I knew he was going to catch up, but yeah, oh, well, yeah, and obviously, sorry, Ken, Ken Rich Williams hasn't picked up anymore, so mm-hmm. um, he's at least tied now, depending how many t- he took today, which was at least one. Um, and this is just crazy because I, I just I tweeted this the other day, but they both have more have taken more charges than eleven NBA teams. <laughs> That's so insane. <laughs> It was the uh, there's some teams like I think it was Charlotte and Milwaukee have only taken like seven or eight charges all year. Milwaukee just blocked shots. I don't know what Charlotte's doing. Well, the joke that I wanted to tweet, but I, you know, I don't like to be a hater, and and even if I'm just just being funny exclusively, I try to kind of lock it down and not not do the the mean tweet, but. The tweet I wanted to put out was that Milwaukee doesn't take charges because they don't want to give the other team any ideas. <laughs> With the honest, yeah. Yeah. It's like, if we just don't do it, 
nobody will remember that it's a thing they can do with Giannis. Did uh, well, we played the Bucks this year, right? Was the J one play or the Boom play? No way. We played them. We played them both times, like right at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. He was still in the G League at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, hey, what would happen? Giannis fouls out in the first quarter. <laughs> What happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object? Or I guess an well, object that falls down. Yeah, he, he moves. <laughs> he moves in one direction only. And is backwards onto the floor. Boom Williams, I like it. It's yeah, but he stick. was really good. He he like kind of took over the game for like a couple minutes in the second quarter. Um and okay. And I actually think, like you said, he's providing spacing. And I almost push back on that a little bit because I still don't think people really guard him. But I think tonight, after he made those two, after that, he had several times where he was like going to shoot it and then instead ended up pump faking and driving and pump faking and kicking because his guy was respecting it and was actually spacing the court with him. Um. I don't know if I I can't bring myself to like declare that it's real his shooting mm-hmm. um, because it was just so unexpected. But it looks like size. he shoots it pretty quick. It looks smooth. It looks like repeatable. So I I can't say it's not real. I just you know the sample size is still not huge and sample size with shooting is kind of weird, right? Because like. Like Kenrich Williams, right? He had the one year where he shot like 45% from three. It's like, okay, well, that's not probably real, but it was like a lot of attempts. So it's like mm-hmm. kind of it is. And then the next year he shot much more poorly. There's, it's such a rhythm thing and such a confidence thing. They can even fluctuate from year to year. But So I don't know if he's a 40% shooter, but the potential is there. So even if he, it's really 35%, like that's – you have to respect that if the quick if he has a quick trigger and he seems to. He does, and he's he's a willing shooter. Also, that's that's huge. Like that's everything, man. But and he's scrappy. Like Jonas was clearly out muscling him a few times, but he was you know sticking his nose in there and doing his best. Yeah, he's tough, man. He's tough. The first Vietnamese uh, descent player to be drafted in the NBA. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out Boom Williams. Yeah. Yeah, I tweeted about that back in the day and but I found it on Reddit. And then interestingly, um, the Utah game we just played, Johnny Juzang. Mm-hmm. He also is Vietnamese, but he wasn't drafted. Wow. And, and so I actually don't know. I, I think theoretically maybe he could have like signed his contract before. Jalen Williams signed his, so that would make him actually the first Vietnamese player in the NBA. But yeah, if you just go first Vietnamese player drafted into the NBA, he'll always have that. That is fair. Because Presti, you know, kind of likes to sign the rookies late. Yeah, usually. So I don't, I don't actually know the timing on that, but we'll just throw that drafted word in there and we'll always be good. <laughs> well, let's talk leftovers, Steve. Do you have anything else to do you want to talk about in this game? He was going to be one of them, honestly, because um, I was just really impressed by his impact. He was just really noticeable a lot. Um, let's see. Lindy Waters will get those shots up. 
<laughs> he has no fear. Makes him, um, makes it rain like a waterfall. <laughs> Isaiah Joe, he's just so good. I just, I just every time I just need to mention that he's just so good and he's timely. Like I feel like his shots often come at crucial moments, and you can always count on him to get a, get one up. And odds are it goes in. Um. Yeah, I was looking I at the play by play with really Isaiah good. Joe, and um, actually, when the I almost said Grizzlies, when the Pelicans uh, cut the lead to nine at one point in the game, it was like later on in the game, so they cut it to nine a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe was able to hit a three from straight away, and they they didn't really have a response after that. Yeah. Uh, I thought Giddy was really good. He was eight for twelve from the field, and two of them got blocked like right back to back by Jackson Hayes. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, so without those two, like, just a really efficient night. He was really good at using his size and like getting his shoulder into people to create space, especially Valanciunas, um, and just being really crafty. I think he. Yeah, I think he shot. Yeah, he shot four free throws. He missed two of them, but four is a lot for Giddy, which is probably a bad thing. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll take we'll take him where we can get him. Um, if he could if he could get to the line more, it would really 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 help him as a player. He had that one left-handed like push hook over Jackson mm-hmm. Hayes. It was so pretty. Um, J Dub was really cool. He had that. He he beat the half with a floater from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, per Michael Cage, the free throw line is about fifteen feet from the basket. So if you didn't know that, that that's what it's his opinion on how far it is. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fact. <laughs> um, and then he had just like some really cool scoop shots, and he he's he's really good at. I'm enjoying his behind the back dribbling which he's just kind of been flexing recently, um, even in traffic, like in the middle of the lane, he'll go behind his back, and it just always looks really cool. Everything he does has such, like, casual flair. I just love watching him play. This team has a lot of players that just like to do random behind-the-back passes throughout the game. <laughs> Shea yeah. does it. Dario does it. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think I'm mm, – Poku, well, obviously Poku. Yeah, he has, he hasn't been playing, so I wouldn't think about him. But I think I've seen Ooze do it. Uh, I think I saw uh, Boom do it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just a bunch of people that just randomly pull out the behind the bat pass. It's, mm-hmm. it's funny to me. Um, and they're not like like a lot of players do that behind the back pass where they come off a screen and then hit the pick and pop guy, and it's just like a practiced like robot move. Mm-hmm. Not those. These are like freewheeling like improvisational jazz behind the back passes yeah and then dario he finished with four points one of six from the field over three from deep but he came in and gave some good minutes i thought um had six rebounds um had a couple assists Uh, he's he's super crafty man like the the Dario Sarge that I remember from Philadelphia, like the skinny lanky dude that just hoisted up threes, he he's far from that. Like he's he's pretty stocky. He gets down there and he bangs, and you know, like I said, he's crafty. Like pulling out the random behind the bat dribble. Uh, I think he had um, 
in either the Jazz game or the game or, or the other Jazz game. No, it was the Jazz game or the Warriors game. I apologize. Um, he had that one-handed bounce pass to Ooze in transition, and Ooze just couldn't get his hands on it. I mean, he just – he's kind of wild what he can do. Um, I guess the other thing that needs to be said is Dort has just really been struggling from the mm-hmm. field, like basically since the All-Star game. Uh, blew a couple layups tonight and just had a really inefficient line overall. Hopefully just a little slump. Hopefully something he pulls out of. Want to know a weird stat, though? Okay. He led the team in assists tonight. Weird. He had five, Gideon four, and then Sarge, Dub, and Shea had two. Weird. So there you go. Yeah, low number of total assists tonight, it feels like for us. We got out-assisted by the Pelicans. Yeah, we had 17 assists on the night. That's not very oh many. My. Sorry, I just saw I just, that time it was Seth Myers and Cecily Strong on a Verizon commercial. So <laughs> I just feel the need to keep updating you on this. But yeah, it is it is worth noting Dort used his head and uh you know was able to draw a foul and see Jim McCollum. He knocked down one of his free throws because of course he did. And then we got the ball back. I appreciate sure we scored out of that. I apologize for yawning. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, that basically iced the game. Mm-hmm. For sure. I love it. Um, yeah, the uh, last takeaway I have is just how freaking good Antonio Daniels is at his job, how unbiased and insightful he is, and how much – how upset I am that the Thunder organization fumbled the bag by not bringing him onto the – like full broadcast team instead of just like the pre-game, halftime, post-game analysis guy. Uh, he's he he does such a good job on the color commentary with the Pelicans. Very complimentary of the Thunder players. Um, loved how Shea, Giddy, Dort, J Dub are always in attack mode. Uh, was uh, you know, very impressed by Jalen Williams. Um, charge taking ability. He put on like a full soliloquy about how, you know, we, we got to stop talking about rim protection, just being blocking shots. This is a way you can protect the rim is taking charges in the paint. And yeah, I just miss AD. Turn of the show. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I was watching this game on mute. Um, so I was deprived of that. But yeah, he's he's wonderful. Best in the business. All right, Dolan. So we've got a couple huge games coming up. So with this win over the Pelicans, um, let me see if the standings thing has actually updated at this point. And yes, it has. Okay, so right now the Thunder are tied with the Pelicans at the 11 spot. And they are half a game back from the Jazz, one game back from the Lakers, and one and a half game back from the Mavs and the Timberwolves for seven. So, uh, coming up, we play the Spurs tomorrow. As we said, Shea sitting. He's not going to be playing in that game. Uh, Looks like Dub is going to be playing. Looks like everybody else is going to be available. So, uh, and the Spurs are a little frisky right now. They've got Keldon Johnson played their last game and Vassell and Sohan. So, like, they've got their guys, such as 
their guys are. Um, so, you know, they're a little frisky. Yeah, they got a bunch of long wing defenders. But I really, like, I just, I think that's a win. Like, I, f- I feel very confident. I'm already counting it in my head and not, like, for Jinx purposes, I swear. Like, I just, <laughs> it just is a win in in my heart already. Um, and then Utah plays Miami. And I just, I think we're going to be looking in a couple days and then the schedule gets tougher, obviously. It, it's hard for it not to get tougher than the Spurs. So after, after you play the Spurs, the schedule always gets tougher. Um, but I think we're going to be looking at the Thunder in the 10 seed after that game or before the Thunder's next game. Um, yeah. And yeah. Currently looking at the standings, the Thunder are also like 1.5 games away from the six lottery odds. So we're really still kind of in that place where good things are possible in either direction. Toe in the line. Yeah. Is also and I hope we don't end up on the line. I'm happy in either direction <laughs> of it, but I hope we don't end up where we are, and we probably won't in one way or another. Yeah, it's worth noting that the Pelicans – or not the Pelicans, sorry. The Grizzlies ended up beating the Mavericks tonight, so it pushed the Mavericks down a little bit. Um, tomorrow, the Pelicans and Trailblazers play each other, and that's going to be a big game because we are one game up on the Blazers, and as I said, we're tied with the Pelicans. So if the Blazers can win, yeah, they'll be a little bit closer to us, but they can knock the Pelicans down, so that would be awesome. Um, and The then Blazers' also- upcoming schedule is ridiculously tough like they actually need they actually need to win that game or they're pretty much dead in the water and then you got the lakers are playing the knicks uh at la um anthony davis seems to remember how to play basketball apparently d'angelo russell does too and i gotta tell you man like whatever you want to say about the trades the lakers made Jared Vanderbilt was the ultimate prize. Like, he gives them so much versatility on both ends, and I think that he was he was a real culture setter uh, for that locker room. Um, the Lakers have won six out of eight since the All-Star break, and, yeah, they seem to have figured a lot of things out. LeBron was holding them back, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. Obviously. So... Hurry back soon, LeBron, so you can miss the play, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think, man. I mean, I'm just, I'm just excited to see how this all unfolds down the stretch. So, uh, you know, we obviously, we've said many times, Shea sitting back to back, so he won't be playing against the Spurs. And then, if I'm not mistaken, the other back to back is the Pistons, right? Yeah. And no, that, there's also another one. Um, we have a three-day stay in Los Angeles, which is always tough, where we go Clippers, rest day, Clippers, back-to-back with the Lakers. Mm. So that's a tough one. Lakers on a back-to-back. I don't like it. Well, at, I mean, at least we have no evidence of this team uh, succumbing to LA Nightlife, so... Hopefully. Well, half of them can't even go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Hey, that's leadership by the older guys to have the uh, self-control 
not to do that without their teammates. So shout out to you you know, At that point, there will be, whatever, 12 games left in the season. So it's really easy to, hopefully, very easy for Mark to get the message across, like, these are this is basically the playoffs. Like we're basically in the playoffs for the next month. Every game is that crucial to the to the standings. Um so yeah, we're in LA for a little bit, guys, but hey, how about you just wait another month and a half and then you can go back to LA and spend you know, weeks if you want. You can do that. It is a thing. Yeah, we got 15 games left, man. Like we're really coming down the final stretch of the season. Um I don't know why Tankathon had us at such an easy schedule. I don't feel – I feel like we've played a lot of tough games out of the All-Star break, so. Uh, yeah, it's just that the – it's just that we have so many games against the West and all those teams had, like, middle-of-the-road records. Mm. And then you – you so you put a bunch of middle teams that are, like, around 500, and then you just, like, toss in a Spurs and a Pistons and a Pacers game. And then it just makes you have a bad record percentage-wise. Um, I got you. so yeah. There's there were just no elite teams, but when you just look at the schedule, like all these teams had a better record than us because they by like two games or by like one game. So they're all very tough games for us. But just record-wise, our schedule looked easy. But I don't think it was. And plus, it's ridiculously compact. To Seventeen games in March. <sighs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. We're we're only halfway done. Yeah. And that really tough stretch of schedule, like, we basically got through it intact. Like, you know, still alive. And that's with missing Shea and losing five in a row. Like, we we still have life. And losing Jada in two games. Honestly, after those five losses, I I kind of thought it was over. I did, too. But. Shea being out. Yeah, but the Jazz and the Pelicans, you know, kind of just came back to us or came back with us, you know, and, and kept us alive by sucking so bad themselves. Um, so, you know, that's has its has its pluses and its minuses, but anything's possible still. Anything is possible. Yeah, the last 15, we've got the Spurs, Nets, which the Nets have been looking good yeah, since that trade. Mikael uh, Bridges, I need you in a Thunder jersey. That is all. Um, at Toronto, which if you don't think Shea's going to drop 40 at Toronto, you're not paying attention. Then and Toronto's, <clears throat> Toronto's desperate for wins. Mm-hmm. And then That's this, not an easy game. This is the stretch right here, Dolan. Suns, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers. You think we get a win in, in, in that stretch? Well, Suns without KD. Mm-hmm, that's and, true. Yeah, I think so. Including tonight, I think it's like eight of ten on the road. So, Suns, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers, and that's all on the road. Or is the Suns? At Suns home? is the home. Yeah. So we could win that one. And then the and then Clippers, game. like everybody, we should all be rooting for wins against the Clippers. They're yes. they're kind of building a little bit of distance from the play in. We we would still ideally like them to be in the play in. So let's go get those ones. And then Lakers back-to-back without Shea, that one's going to be tough. I think yeah. I'll chalk that one up as a loss. But let's say we go two and two in those four. 
at conspiracy, Dylan, if somehow LeBron's healthy enough to play in that game, Shea's playing. I don't think he likes LeBron. I don't think LeBron likes Shea. Well, I don't think they're gonna clash. I don't think LeBron. I was just looking today, and I think it's been one week since they said three weeks reevaluated in three weeks. Mm. So I think that would be like right at his reevaluation day, which would mean he would have to get. Like, I don't think LeBron's gonna be playing in that game, especially the way the Lakers have been playing, where they're like actually gaining ground. There's there's no pressure. Mm-hmm. the way they've been playing to to rush him back until he's good because it looks at this point like he's gonna that they're gonna make make up the ground without him um, yeah so that's fair then the next stretch is like really where you, you have to win every one of them like trailblazers hornets pistons pacers like mm-hmm. you need those four if you're like serious about getting in the play in because then you play the Suns again, the Warriors, the Jazz, and then you end your season with the Grizzlies. So and who knows? Those last games of the season, you never know who's gonna be trying or trying to lose or this resting point, everybody or, or what. You never know. Yeah, and at this point, you don't know if Grizzlies are going to even have Jaw, so it'll be. Yeah, yeah. So even if even if the Grizzlies want to win that one, they might not have Jaw, and there's a chance they're locked into whatever seed and just don't play anybody. So like, you, it's hard to it's hard to tell what that game is. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a fun ride down the stretch. Uh, you know, looking forward to seeing how it plays out. And, you know, like we said, we play first tomorrow and uh, hoping for a W. And That's a win. Yeah. And we'll be, we'll be talking about it again on Tuesday. So, with that being said, I hope everybody has a great night. God bless. On the behalf of myself and Dolan, hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.